It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell, and your golden years. Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. This evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and that's 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com and now also on Apple Podcasts. And today is Sunday, May the 16th, 2021, and I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell, and I hope that you're all staying safe and enjoying the beautiful weather wherever you are. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here to make the show run smoothly as usual. And we have another packed, really packed show for you this evening and really interesting program. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined um, by internationally acclaimed intuitive artist, teacher, and author of the book, Self-Love Through the Sacred Feminine, Joe Jason. And she joins us from New York to discuss her book, her artwork, and how we can learn to love ourselves unconditionally, tap into our own innate wisdom, and navigate our way through life's challenges. And later in the program, Richard Foster returns to the show from right here in Texas. And Richard is the co-founder of SNF Athletes, a nonprofit organization mentoring children ages 5 to 12. And he'll be joining us to talk about all about that and what they're doing. And also the twins, Minerva and Ruben in Bay of Bandadas, Mexico, are back to talk with us about another destination of travel in Mexico. And along the way, if I have some time, I'll be speaking a bit more about overcoming hurdles to our passion in the new normal. And some of them are kind of hidden hurdles. So you can hear this program again if you really like it and you want to hear it again. Um, you can go to my website and the link to the podcast along with any website links that we talk about on the program will be posted later tonight and you can hear that later tonight and you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show by going to my web by going to blogtalkradio.com or the first one is my website drmaricartel.com and this one five minutes after the show ends, blog talk radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And you can also hear it on Apple Podcasts after the show ends. For information from previous programs, go to my website and all the previous programs are posted there along with all the information. Also right here on blogtalkradio.com slash your golden years and Apple Podcasts. And be sure to follow me on Facebook for up Coming shows and events. This program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psychbook Productions. And we're going to take a brief break, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with our interview with Joe Jason about self-love through the sacred feminine. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors.
Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Welcome, Joe. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's been a few years since you've been on. Um, yeah, I don't remember. It was, it was lovely, lovely for you to have me. I don't remember last time I was on. Actually, it feels yeah, age. yeah. It was a, it was a few years ago, and you were talking about chakras that time. Yeah, and 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 strangely enough, I'm talking about them again now. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, it comes in cycles. Yeah. So. Um, for for listeners who didn't li- hear you last time and and haven't heard of your of you or your work yet, can you give them a little bit of background uh, about yourself? Um, I am a an intuitive painter um, and a spiritual teacher, and um, I have a series of paintings that um, most of my work uh, that I teach springs from um, and um, I mainly um, work with the sacred feminine energy um, and my, my work is figurative and I guess symbolic as well um, and I have a book and an oracle deck and various meditation wellness tools um, that I uh, that I sell all over the world, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what I do. Okay, um, beautiful, beautiful artwork. I have um, one of the prints of your paintings on my wall. Um, I think it's the um, Taurus one. Even though I'm not a Taurus, it just spoke to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's one of my newest ones. Yeah, I love it. It's so powerful. And um, and one of them, one of your paintings, the dancers, um, I gave as a gift. Oh yes, that's right, the sacred yeah. dance. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, and then I, you know, I only recently came across your book, which apparently has been out for a few years. Um, mm-hmm. Self love through the sacred feminine, and it's all filled with your artwork. Um, what what led you to write the book? Um, well, I had embarked on a series of paintings um, back in 2011, 2012, and I'm a slow painter, um, and I had channeled a lot of information that had come to me, and it, it, it took a long time, and it ended up that there were 13 um, paintings in the series um 
with a lot of wisdom and lessons that came with each painting. Um, and each of the painting paintings were about um, various goddess archetypes or women of strength, women in history, um, that had a lesson that they wanted to bring forth. So I compiled them all together. And when I... I compiled them all together into an oracle deck, first of all. But when I did that, I realized that um, a lot, of, well, all of the wisdom and the lessons that I had gathered was really a, um, a map or a path, I should say, um, to self-love or back to self-love. And so I put everything in a book. I'd already been teaching um, about each one of them as I'd been doing them um, to people. And, and so I had a lot of information already. So I, I put everything in a book um, and I self-published, um, first of all, back in 2017. And then um, Shifa Publishing picked it up and, and, and uh, that's, that's the present um, version, I think, that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so that's the story of the book, really. It is... Um, it's a guide to self-love um, through through these paintings and the lessons of of each of the um, beings or energies uh, that I have painted. So there's 13 chapters in 13 uh, sacred feminine archetypes mm-hmm. in the book. I feel like the book is just so powerful, just you know, looking at the paintings and, you know, reading, I don't know. It's just like takes, it's, it just like sort of transports you when you read it. It's very, very powerful. Oh, that's lovely to hear. I know some people, many actually, many people have told me that they, um, they have to read it a few times. Like they read Mm -hmm. it once and then they sort of get ready to work with it and then read it again and, and then the third time, it kind of all kind of um, fits in. Pieces of the jigsaw puzzle fit in for themselves, right? In their own personal, in their own personal journey. So I think you, it is one of those books that you have to read a few times. Well, I found that I what, kept rereading one particular chapter that that sort of um, resonated with me. Um, yes, yeah, that's another way to do it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, first, I felt like the one on the third chakra, Isis, was the one that I really needed at that moment. Still need. Right, <laughs> right. Like we, all, we all have one part of ourselves that needs constant daily work, right? You know, mm-hmm. it needs more work than the others, for sure. So, you know, a lot of people sort of confuse what self-love is. They kind of think of it as like narcissism or you know, selfishness, um, how, would, how would you define self-love? Well, well actually, what, a lot, what, what I have found is that a lot of people confuse self-care with self-love. Mm, okay. and, and, I have, and I have always said to people that self-care is an aspect of self-love, but it isn't self-love. So self-care can be like, you know, giving yourself a bubble bath or um, eating healthy food or, you know, saying, learning to say no to people or stuff like that. But, but uh, that's self-care. 
But self-love is something much bigger than that. Self-love, um, if I was to kind of define it quickly, is it's a coming back to yourself and understanding the nature of yourself and honoring that. So, you know, obviously um, I talk about um, everyone's aspect of divinity and um, it is, it's hard, well, it's challenging to to really grasp self-love when you don't understand that part of yourself, that aspect of yourself. So um, what I hope in the book is that I um, give you a little doorway into understanding that aspect of yourself and learning to honor it. And I think when you when you do walk through that doorway, it's, it's very difficult to go back. Once you understand mm. your true nature, um, you're kind of on that path and that's it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's not to say that each day isn't a challenge to remember it. <laughs> but um but um but once you once you know it you know it hmm you know yeah wow but, yeah but self-love so self-love really is truly a knowing of yourself um a knowing of, of the nature of your soul and understanding that from a particular perspective um and when you do all the other aspects um that i talk about in the book like fear and um, um, compassion or forgiveness or um, joy or, you know, all of these different aspects, um, it is easier to grasp them and to infuse them in yourself with a, with an understanding of, of who you truly are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So, so ha, you know, I I know that this book most people will think it's mainly for women and only women have the sacred feminine. Um, but you talk about it in the book that you know we both have masculine and feminine. Um, can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, feminine doesn't mean female, and masculine doesn't mean male. Um, so I think that gets very confused. Um, in the sort of spiritual new age um, conversation, it gets very confused. So the feminine and the masculine aspects, it'd be easier if we just called them A and B. Right. Um, you know, we're made up of them, both of them. And it's, it's, uh, it's you know, um, obviously some people uh, lean more to one side than the other. Um, ideally, we want to have a lovely balance within ourselves so that the feminine aspects are um that they complement the masculine aspects of ourselves so the feminine aspects are those aspects where we um allow ourselves to be uh to receive to uh flow to um um I've just gone blank. Let me give you some masculine. Um, masculine is the doing, whereas the feminine is the being. Mm-hmm. Uh, masculine is um, the, the strategizing, whereas the uh, whereas the feminine is the intuitive. 
um, the masculine is protecting, whereas the feminine is the nurturing. So that just gives you a little taste of, of those different aspects. And we need both to be, you know, fully functioning, balanced human beings. If, we, if we're constantly in our feminine, we get nothing done. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if we're constantly in our masculine, we are depleted and, um, you know, running on empty. So, um, so the feminine tends to be more, tends to be under, under the umbrella of love and compassion um, and all aspects of that. So the book, when I say self-love through the sacred feminine, it is through the aspects of love and compassion mm. and on all that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it. That's what it really means. Okay. All right. That's yeah. That's. I was just going to ask you. So how do? We, so the feminine is the side that helps us to find self-love. It's it's the if you are going to work on self-love and going back towards yourself, you will have to uh, walk that path of the feminine. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. So now, you know, as we mentioned, this goes through the chakras. Um, and No, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. Okay. No. So some no, of them happen the to... Some I of them think happen. the one, the chapter that you are working on mentions... Okay, all right. Yeah, but the, the others, no. They don't, okay. They don't okay. necessarily go through the okay. chapter. See, I zeroed in on that one chapter. I read the whole book, but... That was the one that. <laughs> no. Okay, but you do a lot of work with the chakras. So you are you teaching? I do. Well, the the chakra. I did a chakra series of paintings. That mm-hmm. was my first series. So I'm very well known for those seven paintings, and uh, it was also my first product that I started to sell. So I had a chakra meditation kit. Mm. Um, I had chakra cards and, and then a chakra meditation uh, that I did. Um, so, um, so I've been, you know, selling and teaching um, products and um, lessons in um, on the chakras for, you know, over ten years now. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah. So, um, what are your workshops that you teach right now? What are the workshops? Well, you know, I do different ones. Um, they really, you know, they sort of evolve and change. Like, you know, um, during the pandemic, I did a series of workshops uh, online that were about lessons of the book. So various um, various lessons in the book, um, and I also did, you know, um, I, I did um, workshops on on um, energetically what was going on at the time. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I also do workshops, I do workshops on many different things, so I'm spiritually themed mm-hmm. um, within my work, but, and the chakras as well, which I, which I, I am doing something uh, coming up this summer, uh, in July, I think, um, through somebody else's platform that I'm going to be teaching uh, about the chakras, a seven-week course. Uh-huh. Um yeah, and I'll be offering more workshops online um, about the book as well, you know, okay. lessons of the book. All right. Um, so you have your paintings, beautiful paintings, the book, the cards, the workshops. Um, 
How can people? I know it's why, it's why I'm a slow painter. <laughs> I do too many things. Yeah, but yeah, I, used all... to do, I used to do intuitive readings as well for people, and I also give lectures and I do shows, um, my body spirit um, types of shows. So um, yeah, I'm busy. You're busy, but they're all connected. They're all related. They're all connected. They are. They are. They are all all connected and. Um, Yes, I've been very blessed to be able to do it all, help people. So if listeners are interested in finding out more about you and in looking at some of your artwork and and checking out your your workshops and and your products and the book, um, what would be the best way for them to do that? Um, Well, they can go directly to my website, which is jojason.com which is j-o-j-a-y-s-o-n.com um you can find me you find pretty much everything on the website my etsy shop is on there also my upcoming workshops and um how to book me for a reading and um information about the book i have a retreat coming in the fall as well that i'm going to be offering in massachusetts so Pretty much everything is on uh, is on the website. You can get to everything else okay, via great. that. Great. I'm going to be posting that um, web address on my uh, post on my website about this show, so great. listeners can just go right there and they can click on it. And yeah, that would be great. Take them to your website. So. Thank you so much for coming back onto the program. No, it's been lovely. Thank you for asking me. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, we, we have to go check how, how many years ago it was that, that, I did a, that I did it with you last time. I can't yeah. even remember. But, it, was, um, it was a while but ago. But I know it's been, it's been a pleasure. Yes, same here. And, and you have a good evening. Thank you. You too. Enjoy the sunshine. Okay. Okay, thank you. Worry about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com.
All right, and we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden ears right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And I did look up um, when Joe Jason was on the show last, and it was in 2014. So that really was quite a while ago. Um, But so glad that she was able to come back on the program. And I want to talk a little bit. um, I've been... Um, talking quite a bit recently about setting boundaries for ourselves going into this new normal as people are becoming vaccinated and, you know, we're going back into the world um, so that we don't end up making some of the mistakes that we made before. Um, Before the pandemic hit, I remember having multiple um, conversations with guests as well as talking directly to you about how we were finding ourselves in this, um, you know, this compulsion to be busy all the time. And it was really keeping us away from um, living a more passionate life. And so, you know, most many of us have been on lockdown over the past year plus and you would think that you know um, we wouldn't be as busy but in fact um, it seems that many people were even busier and there are many reasons for that as I was kind of delving into it um, and I really want to talk about that and talk about this is sort of a, a a good jumping off point from the self-love issue. And as Joe was saying, that self-care is an aspect of self-love. It's not self-love itself, but it is an aspect of it. And one thing that I've seen is that when we start doing things to take better care of ourselves, um, it helps us to be more able to delve into self-love because we're giving ourselves a message when we're taking care of ourselves that we are worth while and we're worth loving. If we're not taking care of ourselves, it's very hard to love ourselves and vice versa. So one of the things that helps with um, some of the more difficult aspects of self-care and not just, you know, bubble baths and walking in the woods, but some of the more difficult aspects, which I'm going to talk about, setting limits, which is a pretty hard thing to do, um, is to gather up the strength of, of really loving ourselves with a fierceness so that we are able to be strong enough to set limits. And the limits that we set are, with, are not just with other people, but they're with ourselves. Um, And when we set limits with other people, that's not being mean. It's not being selfish. In fact, um, it's a kind of a way of showing love for other people because uh, some people, you know, as I delve further into this, and I'll get into this a little while, but some people have a very hard time understanding uh, limits and knowing what is stepping on another person's boundary. Um, And there are various reasons for that. One is just never learning it, never learning that skill. Um, But also 
um, so, you know, issues like ADD and ADHD can contribute to not having good boundaries. And so when we're able to let a person know that, hey, that's not okay, um, you're crossing into a boundary, we're helping them. We're, we're, we're creating a healthier relationship so that we can feel more comfortable with them, which uh, feeds back to them feeling more comfortable with us because they know that we're going to be um, honest with them. And that's a really good thing in a relationship. And it also teaches them that maybe some of the other relationships that aren't going so well in their lives have to do with the same issue. So it's a learning experience. Um, So this is about self-love and it's about love for other people. And in doing this, it gives us the space to be able to reconnect with our passion as we move back out into the world. Um, this all, you know, came about um, my delving into this um, when I broke my arm eight weeks ago. And at that point, I felt like there was a real message to why I, how did I fall in my own house and break my own arm and, you know, what is the message in that? And I've been really going deep into that and seeing that a lot of it had to do with not setting good boundaries um, with other people, with myself, with my work. Um, So... You know, this whole past year has been, been more than a year, has been the same process, I think, for all of us and really learning some of these lessons or being shown lessons and not necessarily learning them. And I think that I was shown lessons over the past year, but I wasn't necessarily learning them until I ended up with a broken arm and I was stopped in my trap, literally. And, you know, finding our passion or connecting to our passion, which, you know, as I've described before, passion is, is whatever, what, what really lights us up. That gift that we have to give to the world, to help other people, that we really feel good doing. So whatever it is that we have that we can give to other people and create a better world, help other people, and find joy in doing it is our passion. But if we're so busy doing all the things that we think that we're supposed to do and maybe some extra things that we're asked to do and we're just doing it because we feel obligated, then we never really get to find that is. Or we forget. We might have known what it was, but we forgot. We forgot our passion. We don't, or we, when we do it, we're so exhausted that we just don't feel that passion. We're just doing it. Um, so setting boundaries is really, really key. And so when I'm talking about boundaries with ourselves, I'm talking about, for example, stopping the compulsive busying behaviors that feeling that we have to be doing all the time. So, you know, when this um, pandemic hit at the beginning um, and I wasn't working for the first month, 
I or wasn't working much. I had all this free time on my hands and I got into this mode of feeling like, well, I should be doing this project and that project and all these things that I put aside that I was too busy for before I have to do them now. And I became overwhelmed with that. And I've talked to a lot of people who have done the same thing that we didn't give ourselves a break to just like slow down and let these things kind of like move through us, like be moved to do the the things that we want to do, that we wanted to do. So we need to set boundaries on ourselves. We need to tell ourselves to stop. We need to say that's enough for the day. I'm not doing any more. And having things that we can do to do that. So taking a deep breath, um, on the hour, maybe set a timer. Every hour you, you take three slow, deep breaths to slow down. Um, spending time meditating and, and not just doing it because it's on your list of things to do or putting it aside because you just don't have time to do that. I'll do that later, which I was doing. I was putting it aside and saying, I don't have time today but actually making it a priority that when we sit down to do even like 10 minutes of mindfulness meditation, and there are a lot of um, free YouTube videos out there that uh, will lead you through a 10-minute, 15-minute, 45-minute, whichever, whatever you choose, guided meditations, mindfulness meditations. Whenever you do that, you're putting yourself first, which is really important to be able to then go out into the world and bring your gift into the world and connect to your passion. And you're reconnecting to yourself. And how are you going to find your passion if you're disconnected from yourself? And that's the word I would describe that day when I fell was I was disconnected from myself. So that is really the phrase I would use, that I was disconnected from myself. So I wasn't even watching where my feet were going, and that's how I felt. So it's really important to, in order to connect to ourselves, to feel passion, to feel joy in daily life, even the doing the things that we need to do and what we have to do, in order to feel that joy, we really need to be connected to ourselves. And mindfulness meditation is a really good practice to bring us to ourselves and to the present moment. Because that's really all we have is this present moment. So that's one boundary that I'm talking about. Um, boundaries would work. So many of us have moved to working from home, working virtually since the pandemic hit. And the line between work and home has become really blurred. And there are some positive things about that. We've gotten to spend more time with family. We get to um, not have to dress up. We get to eat lunch in our own, in our own home, um, all those kind of positive things. We don't have to commute to work for people who've had a long commute. But the problem is that many of us 
myself included, and this was one of the big problems that led to that that fateful day eight weeks ago, is that we feel that if we're not commuting to work and we don't have to go anywhere to go get lunch, it's right there, um, that we don't have to spend time putting on dressy clothes, that we can work more. And it sort of becomes like your home is your office and your office is your home. And so when do you stop working? When do you put a, when do you, and people who work, have employers have found that their employers expect more from them because you're working from home. So we have to be able to limit that. We have to be, we, because it's really important that we do have time when we're not working. As privileged as we are to have work, because many people have been without work, uh, we also need to have some control over not overdoing it. Balance is really important. And if you're working all the time, then you're going to lose track of the passion for your work. If you're doing what you love to do, you're you're not gonna you're gonna just be exhausted. You're going to um, use up all your time so that you don't have time to work on your passion if it's separate from what you're already doing for work. You don't have time to work on your passion. I didn't have time to do anything else but work. I was working constantly. And you're exhausted. So setting boundaries on work is really important. It's really important to have that time where you say, this is it, I'm done for the day. And boundaries with other people. That's, to me, that's the hardest, the hardest one. Um, these are all difficult boundaries if we're not applying them. Um, if we're not used to applying them, but I found this last one to be the hardest for myself and for most people that I have spoken with, friends, clients, family. And as I said, many, many people see boundaries with other people as being mean or selfish, but it's really what creates healthy relationships and healthy relationships with others and healthy relationships with ourselves. Um, so, you know, many of the clients that I have seen, um, have come into my office, like totally wiped out and feeling no joy in their lives. And when you get down to it, it's because they difficulty saying no. So they're constantly doing things that they feel obligated to do because other people have asked them to do. And there's no time left for themselves. So one of the way of, ways of setting boundaries is saying no. And although that may be hard and it may feel mean and it may make you feel like you're being selfish, again, if you're not saying no and you're always saying yes, then there's going to be a resentment that builds up in that relationship. So that's not a healthy relationship when you do that. And, again, going back to living your passion, you don't have time left for you. And on a, you know, a more extreme level, 
being able to stand up to people when they bully you. Um, this is this involves recognizing when you're being bullied because it isn't always overt. Sometimes it's really like passive aggressive behavior. People just sort of kind of getting you to do what they want you to do, and um, and it and if you do stand up and and you're assertive, and I don't mean being mean or aggressive, but being assertive and saying hey. Mm-mm this has to stop, then the pushback is going to be difficult because people that you have long established relationships with are used to this pattern. And if you start to change it, they're not going to like it. So it, it, so most people try not to um, upset the apple cart and will just continue to put up with being bullied. But the problem is, again, that it takes away from your passion and your joy in your life. And it isn't good for that relationship because there is a resentment that's built. And I just want to say before I end that, you know, as I wrote in the chapter in my book about toxic relationships and detoxing from those relationships, that forgiveness is really important because there are many times that other people don't know that they're that they are doing what they're doing. That this is a pattern that they've had their whole life. And as I said, some people have neurological issues that cause them to not know where the boundaries are with other people, like such as ADHD or even autism. Although autistic people are not bullies, but um, but just lifelong patterns. So we can forgive and say, you know, I understand and have compassion for that person. But then the issue is not allowing it to continue. That we can forgive, but then say, no, I need to be able to say, no, that this is not right, what you're doing. So it's a, and the first part of that skill is learning how to be assertive to be able to speak to someone in a way that is firm but not mean and not stepping on their boundary. Um, I don't think that coming back as a bully um, towards somebody who has bullied you is really helpful. It just causes things to erupt. Um, But learning how to be more assertive and just stand up for yourself And I'm going to talk about that more next week, that particular piece of it, being able to be strong and firm, love yourself enough to say something, to say, no, you've stepped on my boundary, but not do it in a mean way. Do it in a way that can be heard. Otherwise, it's not heard. So we're going to talk about that next time. It's all a part of self-love and reconnecting to your passion. Now, on that note, we're going to go to our next guest. Richard Foster is right here in Texas, and he's been on the show before, um, and he comes back to talk about SNS Athletes, a nonprofit organization mentoring children and, um, and his passion. Welcome back, Richard. Thank you for having me back. 
I just want to I just want to remind you um, that there's a slight delay when we talk like this, so it just kind of helps for you to know that so it doesn't trip you up. So how are you doing? Doing fine. Uh, I guess you could say I'm doing what everybody else is doing, making sure that we stay healthy and stay safe. And making sure we do it all part to make sure not only ourselves and family is safe, but others is safe. Yeah, great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We all we all need to do our part. It's a it's a group effort, right? Yes, it is. So, so Richard, before we jump into what's happening with SNS Athletics. Um, um, can you talk about what it is? What is what is SNF? Well, SNF Athlete is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Uh, we we started this organization back in September of 2011. Our uh, focus was to offer a after school mentoring program for student athletes. Uh, four years into us being uh, in existence, we decided to, you know, take a step back and and evaluate what we're doing and how we could probably make a bigger impact. And we felt like we would be able to make a bigger impact by offering our after-school mentoring program to all youth. But we went from working with student athletes from high school, you know, ninth grade on up to now we – feel that we can make a bigger impact by working with youth from that age 5 to 12. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as you know, and probably others know, raising kids, if we can uh, put that positive feedback instilling them at a young age, uh, positive behavior, you know, there's there's a big chance that by the time that they become a 7th or 8th grade or even ninth grade in high school, you know, that negative behavior there have been a decrease in that negative behavior. Mm-hmm. So that's why we feel mm-hmm. that we can drop uh, drop down in uh, the age group of kids that we want to work with because we feel that we can make a bigger impact back then. And as you know, you know, the higher percentage is up when you're talking about uh, kids coming from single-parent home or one-parent home or kids that is growing up in a uh, low-income community. And mm-hmm. a lot of these families – especially single mothers and fathers, you know, they focus is to making sure that they keep a roof over their kids' head, you know, clothes on their back, food on the table. What we want to do is come in and kind of bridge that gap and, and, and be able to give the parents an extra pair of eyes, but at the same time allow their child to experience uh, the thing that they normally wouldn't be able to experience. And, and, and that's where we feel that we could come in and, and, and bridge that gap. Mhm, mhm, yeah, really, really important, and uh, you know, I think what you're what you're doing, what you're talking about really is like a, a such an important piece to to shaping a person, you know um, and you're and it's great that you're starting with the younger ages because that you know that's like such an important it, it you know that's where everything starts. In in development, um, so you know, I know the last time you were on, you were talking about all these activities that you were doing, and I'm wondering, like, what have you done over the past year during this pandemic? Well, that 
that has really been a challenge for us. Uh, a lot of stuff that we do was in person. So when the pandemic mm-hmm. hit, you know, that kind of shut things down. So we had to really go back and, and uh, come up with a plan that we could continue to reach our kids, but at the same time be beneficial and, and productive with what we was doing. So we went to uh, a virtual uh, online mentoring to where we would still be able to reach our kids, still be able to talk to them, still be able to do activities with them online. But that also hurt us financially. Uh, the mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. we was doing financially and one of the things that we was doing, and and that was 95% of our revenue coming in was working at the uh, AT&T Stadium. That's how oh, that's we right. raised funds to support uh, what we was doing. So when that pandemic hit, that shut that down as well. So that, you know, that really put us in a serious bind financially. But, you know, we felt like, you know what, we're not going to sit and make excuses about, you know, we can't do this, we can't do that. Let's just work with what we have. And, you know, technology was the best thing that, you know, could ever we could ever have at that time during this pandemic to be able to turn to and continue to do what we was doing. So mm-hmm. that's what we were able to do. And, and we're still recovering from, you know, the financial side of it, but that's not what we try not to focus on. Our focus is to right. continue to implement our mission and be able to go out in these communities and still be able to do what we want to do. Now that things is beginning to reopen, you know, we will be able to go back and, and go back in person and do the things that uh, we have started doing before this uh, pandemic hit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so now what do, you, what do you do when you raise money? I know I bought a T-shirt from you. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and, and we're very grateful of that one, of that of you buying that T-shirt for us. But that's one of the fundraisers that we're doing is is uh, uh-huh. selling T-shirts with our logo on them. And then, you know, later on we'll come back with others with other things on them. But right now that's what we're doing. That's one of the fundraisers we're doing to uh, support our mission. The other one that we'll come, come with a little later is a uh, popcorn sale, which is a popcorn fundraiser uh-huh. that we would do as well. So those are the two fundraisers that we have. Uh, the T-shirt is the one that we have going now. The popcorn sale will be the one that we will have later to help raise funds for us to continue to do what we're doing. Mhm, mhm. So yeah, and, and I haven't received it yet, but on um, the picture, it looks like a really nice T-shirt, and they're all different colors that people can choose from. We have 11 so, colors that you could choose from. 11 and, and, you know, colors. The, it's 11. And, and one thing that wow. we wanted to do was to give people uh, different colors to choose from. But at the same time, you know, allow people to support SNL through them wearing the T-shirt, not so much of them speaking it. You know, let's, let's, let's get okay. into the physical part of it and, and that's one way to do it is to allow people to support us by showing that you support us by wearing a T-shirt. Right, right. And people can ask, what's that? And, you know, yeah, that's great. And you're located up in, you're in Irving, 
Is that correct, Irving, Texas? Yes, ma'am. That's where that's where our base is at. That's where we originally started the organization is in Irving, Texas, and our focus is to you know expand in in communities that can really use and benefit our uh, after school mentoring program. And this is our eight year. We're going into our ninth year being in existence. And right now, we we will be able to once everything fully open, we'll be able to implement our after-school mentoring program in uh, direct centers in Irving, and we won't be able to do it in all of them because all of them is not to be in, but uh, that, that's one of our goals is to be in all the ones that we can be in and and push our uh, after-school program into communities that have apartment complex that will be willing to mm-hmm. allow us to come in and implement our program through them. Okay. That's great. That's great. So um, how can listeners uh, find out more about you and um, and also buy a T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> if if mm-hmm. they're interested in, in more information about our organization, uh, all they will have to do is just email me, and you can email me at r. Foster, F-O-S-T-E-R, at sfathletes.com. That's rfoster at sfathletes.com. Okay. All right. And to see your T-shirts and, 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 and purchase and them? And if, if you're interested in purchasing a T-shirt, once I get that response that you're interested Oh, I will flood you with all that information <laughs> that, okay. that uh, us selling t- uh, the fundraiser with the T-shirts, our website. And, and there will be a lot more information that, you know, of course, I will provide to you that will give you more of an understanding of our organization, what we're trying to do, where we're trying to go, and, and, and you know, the group that we're trying to assist and help. Okay. All right. So they, the best thing to do is to email you. Yes, ma'am. That that would be the okay. best bet. And 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 if you want to call me, you can reach me at nine seven two six five two zero zero five six. Okay. All right. So I'm going to post that on the website post about this program later tonight. So so it'll be there, and people can go look and get that information there. Um. Thank you so much, Richard, for coming on the program and for doing what you're doing. It's really great. I can tell that you're living your passion. It's all about helping all you because if we don't do it, then who will? It's the way I see it. And, yep. You know, and, and the one thing we stand on, you know, if you truly believe that united we stand, divided we fall. If you truly stand on that, then you will truly understand where we're trying to go, what we're trying to trying to do, and who we're trying to help. And I will add, mm-hmm. too, that that you can go to our website. Our website is www.sfathletes.com. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Thank you so much, and you have a good evening, and stay safe, and good luck with the fundraising. Thank you for having me, and you too. All right. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye now. Bye.
Hola, Minerva and Ruben. How are you? Hola. We're fun. And you? We're doing well. We're doing well. Weather is good down there? Uh, It's a little bit hot. Yeah, you're getting to the hot season. So hot. <laughs> So, How's the weather there? Yep. It's just right. So I understand that you're taking us to Cabo San Lucas today. So, Minerva, why don't you start? Sure. Cabo San Lucas, or simply Cabo, is a resort city at the southern tip of Baja California Peninsula. In the Mexican state of Baja California Sur, as of the 2020 census, the population of the city was 202,694 inhabitants. Cabo San Lucas, together with San Jose del Cabo, is known as Los Cabos Together. They form a metropolitan area of 351,111 inhabitants. Rated as one of Mexico's top five tourist destinations, Cabo is known for its beaches, scuba diving locations, Balnearios, Desier, El Arco, Cabo San Lucas, and Marine Life. The Los Cabos Corridor has become a heavily trafficked vacation destination for tourists. The waters around Cabo are home to marine wildlife, including rays, sharks, Maji Maji Dorado, and striped marlin. Have shown evidence of continual human inhabitation in the area of least 10,000 years. When the first Europeans arrived, they encountered Pericu people who survived on substance diet based on hunting and gathering seeds, roots, shellfish, and other marine resources. They called the location Genecamu. Okay. <coughs> Cabo San Lucas has become a, pro a prominent vacation destination with a variety of sites of interest and timeshares that have been built on the <coughs> coast between San Lucas and San Jose del Cabo. The distinctive Arco de Cabo San Lucas is a local landmark. Cabo San Lucas <coughs> has the highest paying modeling tournament in the world called the Busy Los Cabos Offshore. This tournament takes place every year in the month of October. In the winter, pots of whales can be observed in the area. They bear their calves in the warm waters of the Gulf of California after traveling up to 6,000 miles from Alaska to Siberia. There are so many restaurants along the beautiful beach where tourists can watch as the whales come to the surface. There is so much to do here and most of those who love to visit Mexico. Beautiful. I'm going to have to visit. So, how's school going? Well, everything is online and it's in Zoom. I think um, I'm going to finish school and 4th of June. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
is that late? What? Is that is that late because of COVID or is that early? It's been early, I think. Okay. All right. Yeah. What what year are you in? I'm in um uh, it's segundo de preparatoria, I think it's it's eleven. Eleventh okay. grade. Okay. So one more yeah. year before you graduate. Yeah. Okay. And I'm gonna finish the high school this year. Oh, okay. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So until next time. Adios. Until next time. Adios. <laughs> All right. So we've come to the end of another show, and let me let you know what's coming up before Art knocks us off the air. Uh, next Sunday, May 23rd, Jeremy Robinson, who's a corrective exercise specialist and nutritionist and founder and owner of Austin Holistic Fitness, joins us once again. And if you, we have, we'll have more, um, so stay tuned for that. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show, go to my website later tonight. All of that will be there drmaricartel.com, and you can hear this evening's program in five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years, or go to Apple Podcasts, and it'll be there. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpel, your golden years, to find out what's coming up next. This program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions. And thanks to my guests. Joe Jason, Richard Foster, Minerva and Rubin in Bay of Bandadas. And of course, thank you to Art. And thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe.
Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. Thank you.